There we go. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to a meditation a day. We are so thankful and grateful that EWN has invited us to do so the very first Monday of every month. So master spiritual teacher GP Walsh and myself, Lisa Berry, are here to we, we don't get to do this very often because you don't we don't do guided meditation. So this is something I look forward to all the time, GP, and I know the people do. And we like to have a theme. So I've chosen the theme today, and it was inspired from yesterday's satsang. Um, and to those of you who are coming over from satsang to join us today and you're new, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you, everyone from EWN. We invite you to satsang as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so something you said yesterday, um, yesterday, GP, was the, I don't know if you said the flow or the transition from I me, mine. And I was like, oh, that's a good self-inquiry. That's a, that's a good transition. And then something that came to mind with that was when we often ask the question or no, we're seeking and are in search of, and we say that thing, like, there's got to be something greater than me that I'm connected mm -hmm. to. So I wanted to kind of tie those together because I feel like there's something there. And just before we go into that guided meditation that a GP will take us through, um, when we are searching for that, there's got to be something greater than me. I, I still feel a sense of separation with that. And I wondered if that ties to the flow of going from I, me, mine. Well, I, me, mine is the, is the structure of the sense of self, the persona, which will inevitably feel separate. Even whether you, you, you don't have to be separate in order to feel separate, right? You can, you can feel alone in a crowd, right? And you can feel quite content by yourself. It, it, it's not circumstantial. So the, there is something greater than myself. And that's a good sentiment to have. It's a great start because it's humbling. It, it sets one's intention in a direction to find that which is greater, find that which is beyond my, my mere human opinions or desires, something that's, that's, that's bigger and would of necessity be valuable and bless all, not just me. And so it's a step out of the selfishness right, that is inherent in the egoic mind. And the substance of the egoic mind is I, me, mine. It, it, these are just three words to indicate. Um, I mean, I is our formal name. We all have the same name, and it's I. <laughs> Nobody refers to themselves as, you know, Bob or Lisa or GP. We, you know, we don't refer to ourselves in third person. So everybody has the same name, and it's I. And it's what, so it's what you're referring to when you're talking about yourself. And me is more of a, you know, a street name, right? It's a different usage of it. But the real killer is mine. <laughs> because nothing is yours until you until you imagine yourself taking ownership of it. So let's say a very unpleasant feeling or thought comes to the surface okay, that you're feeling. Now you have you you do have a choice. For the most part, we don't know that we do, but for but you actually do have a choice of whether or not you take ownership of it. If a feeling comes up, I can either just notice that a feeling has come up and watch it, and it will eventually go, because all feelings do come and go. 
Or I can say my feeling, and now I grab a hold of it, and I create a story about it, and now I'm, I'm immersed in something that in fact isn't yours. And that's all that power of that word of just saying mine or my, my thought, my feeling, my problem, my circumstances. And that's how they get attached. And notice the feeling itself doesn't come and announce itself. I'm yours and I'm a problem, right? <laughs> it's just a feeling, right? So the, so the, uh, the interpretation of it as being mine and my problem is purely a habit of the mind. And one that can be, can be seen through and dropped relatively quickly. Because the moment you see, oh my God, none of these are actually mine, Right. The, the tide has turned. Yeah, there'll be some habit there. there there's, there's a habit of identifying with thoughts. And then there's those thoughts that we're very proud of and we're very attached to. I want that one. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but when you see that it's that none of them are, then suddenly there's a, a, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like freedom opens up. It's like, so I don't have to get rid of this thought? No, you don't have to get rid of it. It's not yours. Don't worry about it. It's it lets you off the hook. That's my favorite line. And, <laughs> and at the same time, which is almost tricky, like at first we think, oh, yeah, this is good. But then on the flip side, we can feel a little bit. Well, what I got the word was disappointed that, oh, that really great thing that I felt was mine. My optimism. Right. Like something like you could be mm -hmm. happy, like my optimism, my enthusiasm. But you're like, oh, well. Now you're owning again and you have to take care of it and you have to live up to it and you have to share it and you have to offer it. So and you're immediately afraid that you're going to lose it. Ooh, lack. Scarcity. You cannot help. You cannot help it. Everything you get attached to comes with the fear of loss. So everything you grab and hold on to includes the lack of it. <laughs> yes, that's actually about our abundancy, abundance and scarcity, which I will talk about at the end of the meditation. But so there was something that I wrote. Uh, okay, okay. So as we go into the guided meditation, because I know everybody here is looking forward to hello, everybody who's showing up. Yay. Um, there's something I heard this morning. And it said, more than meets the eye. And I went, Oh, I love that. Because you <laughs> always begin our guided meditations with let's just close our eyes. Yes. Remove that. So let's find out what what meets the eye more. What's more than meets the eye and that ownership and that responsibility and that mind state. And, yes. how, and how do we soften it? How do we loosen the grip of the I, me, mind? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that is the challenge. <laughs> that is yes. the that is the spiritual journey, Lo loosening that to the point where you you don't hold on to it all at all and it can't hold on to you right <laughs> yes so would you be so kind to take us through a guided self-inquiry meditation on how we can been to sure or what we think is ours what, what we are identifying as mine and then and then wherever we go from there <laughs> okay. all righty let me do that <laughs> mute her really quick yeah, okay, we're good. Alrighty, so as Lisa so um, kindly pointed out, just 
Close your eyes and take a couple of breaths. We're going to make just a, a purposeful and intentional pause in your day, whatever it may have contained, whatever may be going on. Just decide for a moment that you are important enough that you're just going to withdraw. First by closing your eyes, then by just setting an intention to spend the next few moments focusing inward to see what you can find, to see what's there, to look really closely at things. More than maybe more than you have before. With the hope that it leads to a greater sense of freedom and peace. It's true that what you hold on to determines the character and quality of your life. Whatever grabs your attention, or more accurately, whatever your attention grabs onto is the determining factor as to the quality, the quantity, the character of your entire life. Because, of course, your entire life is nothing more than where your attention is going right now. The most wonderful asset you can cultivate, you might call it a Teflon mind. Most of our minds are made of Velcro. Things are sticking to it all the time. And we're reaching out with Velcro hands, trying to grab things, hoping that having and holding that thing will bring me freedom, peace, sense of well-being, It doesn't really take much uh, scrutiny or, or examination to see that that's not really been the case. I grab hold of something. It may feel good for a moment, but then I either want to get rid of it or I become afraid of losing it. So what is it that makes these things so attractive to us? What, what is it that holds on so tightly and can't just become a, a Teflon mind where things don't stick at all? There for a moment and slide right off.
Well, the answer is the sense and the words, I. I, me, my, mine. And those last two are the most important. I and me can be quite innocuous. But mine and my have quite a lot of energy around them, don't they? If you see a little car accident in the street, a fender bender, nothing serious, you go, ooh, that's too bad. And you move on. Just slides right on, right past you. But when your car gets the fender bender, all of a sudden it's like, ooh, it stings, it hurts. Oh, God, this is terrible. I got to do it. I got to tell the insurance company it's going to look terrible. Are they going to cover the whole thing? You can see where it goes. And what's the difference? What's actually the difference? <laughs> Only that thought, my my car, my accident, my fender bender. Now contemplate this, take this in. Notice how so many things go on in the world and they do slide right off of you. Many, many thoughts go through your mind all day long. Most of them, they slide right off you. Feelings, same thing. Sensations, oh my goodness. Literally trillions of them, constantly. 60 billion a second. <laughs> and most just slide right off. But then some, some feeling, some thought, comes up and it sticks. Now, it can't stick. It doesn't have hands. It can't grab you. So something in you is doing the grabbing. The grabber. <laughs> the clutcher. is my and mine. Does that mean you should never use the word? No, of course not. I refer to my car, my desk, my computer, my friends. It's not just the use of the word. It's the deeper associations we make with the word. At some point, whatever you regard as yours right now will fade away. It'll get old, it'll wear out, that car that was the greatest thing, the most wonderful ride you ever had is now a jalopy. They don't even make parts for it anymore. Everything is like that. 
This is the nature of life. This is the cycle of birth and death. This is Shiva's wheel. It will go on. The sun comes up, the sun goes down, the wind blows, the, the waves break on the shore. The your waves, is it your sun? Or is this all just an enormous cosmic event? Is, the, is any thought that runs through your head actually yours, your creation, your responsibility? Did you make it? Did it just happen? This is something to be pondered and contemplated, puzzled over. Because we're so used to thinking in terms of me and mine that we that the that the notion that these things may not be yours. <laughs> or mine, seems hard to contemplate. It's so different. But what if, what if I'm saying is, has some legitimacy to it, at least in some of the things, some of the things we hold on to so tight, tightly, do we really need to? And if you let go of something, and it does just float off, or it stays, is it really your responsibility? Is it your, is it your need? Is it your loss or gain? Again, notice the reference point is always I, me, mine. What is life like without that? Yes, things come into your life temporarily, and then they move out of your life temporarily. Maybe permanently. Nothing really hangs around. Just imagine yourself, you're sitting at the table with your whole life, and you just sit back and let go. Give it permission to live however it wants to live. The things that are there, you can, you can call them mine. But don't really believe them to be yours. And then maybe life and everything it has is simply a wonderful gift. A gift that's going to come, <clears throat> have run its course, and eventually leave. 
hands off. And just notice what that feels like. No more struggle. No more clutching, no more tension, no more stress. Allowing everything to be just as it is. This is something to contemplate. This kind of self-inquiry is an active contemplation. It's not just an allowing meditation. That's important too. Both are crucial. But it's only our active contemplation that breaks down the walls of the mind, that breaks down our assumptions, the assumptions that keep us trapped, trapped in a world much smaller than the one we actually live in and certainly the one we want to live in. It's all here, all for the taking, but not for the keeping. So take another deep breath. Move your body a bit. And uh, when you're ready, you can open your eyes. I absolutely love picturing sitting at a giant table <laughs> in front of me with everything as a yard sale table. Just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> table of life. Here it goes. <laughs> Who's stepping up next? <laughs> Oh, hands off is so relaxing. Yes. Oh, thank you. Um, that that is so. I feel so free right now. <laughs> and and in it that, is very, it is very freeing. Yeah, we clutch onto our lives. Yeah, desperately. Right. Something came to me when when you're oh, the, the whole the the mind when we're little. I remember this is what parents say. Don't touch that. That's not yours. Go get your own. <laughs> and there's such a, a heavy, ooh, that, I can't touch that. That's not mine. That's theirs. I don't have one of my own. I can't go get one. What shall I bring? There's a lot of ownership and shame, that, um, enoughness yes. that comes up. Like, I, I can only imagine, like, don't touch that. That's not yours. You know, right. like that. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Yeah. And then slap you again because you're not sharing. What? <laughs> yes. So we don't know what to do. We don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. Right. Completely confused. Yes. So I can see that you dragging that lesson along with you going, the assumption like, okay, this is mine. I have permission to right. own this. I have yeah. permission to share this. I should. I've been told to share this, but not this. Whoa. <laughs> Like, there's so much wrapped up in that. So I, I love that you shared um, 
contemplation. I wrote a word linear contemplation breaks the walls of assumptions. So is that a good place to start then? Just contemplating that nothing. Well, when you see something like that, when, when you see that, you know, it, it, it's been bubbling around, it's in our culture, it's in families and the like, and we don't, and we don't notice it. And then, you know, the contemplation is when, oh, wait a minute. What is that that's actually happening? What is the dynamic that's really going on there? What's the impact of it? That's a very awake and and um, an intelligent thing to do. That's the best use of intelligence to kind of turn away from just the patterns that have just been going on and say, well, wait a minute, what's happening here? What's the net effect of that? And then you can take a, a step back and look at, you can, you know, kind of examine the the culture as a whole as to how it does things and how it values things and what's important and possessions and 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 all of that and in our culture possessions are are what's most important everything is measured by that if you look like look at more aboriginal tribes or native americans there was always nature dictated it it was like these are the needs everybody has these needs oh you don't have it here have it because because it was understood, right? Right, yeah, there was, you know, there's a difference between private property and personal property, legally, legally speaking. People don't realize that, right? Mm. It's public, private pro property, private property, and personal property. Right. Personal property, your car, you know, the clothes you have on, your cats, right? The, the place you're living, that's personal property. Private property is, is common property that's owned by somebody. And this is, it's, a, it's really a big deal because that means that, you know, the guy who owns the factory, that's private property. It could very easily be owned and run and managed by the people who work there, but instead it's owned for one person, by one person or group of people for their, for their benefit, not for the benefit of the whole. That's private property, big difference. There is, the rule yeah. change. It, it's a very significant change in the rule that changes the entire structure of the of the the world in which you live. It completely redefines things. It does. <laughs> yes. I um before because this is our shorter show. I wanted to uh, read a question from T uh, Amy. Amy, I was going to say, say Tammy. How can I find peace and safety within me? I saw a horrifying accident recently. How can somebody die like that? So there's this conflict, the struggle. Like I don't want it to be like that. I mm -hmm. want it to be like this. And is there an ownership? Like I saw this, and now it has a hold of me. I'm going to let you take it from there, GP. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the first. The first thing to do is to acknowledge that it is horrifying and that your nervous system is going to react to it. And it's going to react in a way that it, 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 it would love to find some way that it could guarantee that it's not ever going to die. That's really what that's about. That's what the horror is all about. Right? And, and, and it's going to look for it, right? And it's not going to find it because the fact of the matter is the body is going to die at some point. That that whoever that was could have been any of us. <clears throat> and this is if, and I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't want to like make it sound morose or any, or anything like that. But if we if we first just deal with the fact that there's a certain amount of grief there, 
and that the body needs, you know, tapping would be a very good thing to just kind of give it the sense of safety and stability so it can come to terms with it, right? And process it as, yes, I experienced that. This is always here. This possibility is always here for all of us. There's no point in ignoring it. And the thing is, is that your, your body and mind, mostly the body, is perfectly adapted to be able to deal with it and avoid it and keep it from happening to itself. Your mind is of, really is, is of no value to be ruminating on it. So we can just start to let it go from the mind and just feel it in the body. And then if you really want to take it all the way, you can use it as a meditation on our own, on your own confrontation with death because we all have to face it. We don't want to. We want to push it away. There's no such, there's no such thing, right? And it, 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 believe me, if you come to terms with it and you accept it as the, as the inevitable end game of all of us, and it's happening all the time, the body is constantly killing off cells <laughs> and, uh, and, making, and making new ones, then you begin to realize that this is the, this is the cycle. Everything works this way. And then you can ask the question, do I die? Or is it just the body? And that's an inquiry that takes you beyond the body to who you are. The body dies, you don't. But you can see when there's a fear for the body dying, it means we have identified not with the immortal consciousness, but with the body. The sense of I is tied up in the body, wants to protect the body, keep the body, keep the body safe. The body isn't really worried about being safe. It's just doing its thing. It has no thoughts about that. Right? It's just responding to the environment in the way that it the, the in the way that it it is designed to do. And will continue to do that until it doesn't anymore. But you're not the body. And this is what we come to see. And and it really is a very in Buddhism, it's one of the most important of all the meditations, is meditating, meditating on your own on your own death. And I've even done some guided meditations on some long ones, um, even one what I call it, the eternal moment between lives. Right? That that discovery that that this is going to fall away, right? And 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 for most it happens gradually. For some it's sudden, right? But, you know, a lot of me has already fallen away. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot I used to be able to do I can't do anymore, right? So it's, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's real. It is going to fall away. And it just said, okay, well, then who am I? Who am I that is experiencing this? Right? And who is it that was here that could even recognize that I can't do that anymore? I mean, there was something there recognizing when I could, and, and, and that same thing is still there recognizing that, that I can't. So something is still here. Is that going to end? I can tell you no, it's not, but I urge you to find out for yourself, to look so deeply that you become convinced, oh, no, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. But everything comes and goes. This is the great blessing, and this is really what I was trying to get at with the 
with the, uh, the, the meditation and take your hands off it, it is all going to come and go. There's no point in calling anything mine. It's a, it's, it's on loan at best. It's, it's a short-term rental at best. <laughs> so thinking about renting the rentals when you were doing this. <laughs> and actually, um, Amy, uh, for yourself, as well as everybody here, I, there's one thing to hear this, which is very helpful. And we think about it, we're hearing it. That's very intellectual. If you, any of you, especially Amy, um, Email myself, lisa at omschool.co. Um, I can put the links there too, but I would like to invite everybody to um, at least try out the Tapist Monks for free. Just come on over on Wednesdays. We do this tapping and we you work through it with GP. So we're in a class setting because I know that sometimes I'll hear something and I think, yes, and then I'll go, whoa. What do I do with that? <laughs> Incorporate it because it really does require a practice and, 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 allowing that nervous system to be safe. And sometimes we just need support and help. So please either comment here and I can reach out to you or reach out to me or go lisa at omschool.co. Um, and, and on that note, because I know we're wrapping up here in the five minutes, we love coming here. EWN is so gracious. I love that we're able to show up and, and do this just once a month, but it feels like there's so much more. <laughs> we have many workshops to invite you to, many meditations. Actually, that's the one other thing too I wanted to send Amy. I want to, I'll reply in a link for the eternal moment between lives so that you can hear that meditation. It's beautiful. It's very, it, it's, it will be helpful, I believe too. Okay. And um, we do have a, a a workshop coming up this Thursday, actually, like it's it's like in days now. Yeah, <laughs> and it is, so it is called um, From Scarcity Thinking to Abundance Thinking. I know a lot of people might think that's like, oh, it's about money and, and riches and things like that. But when we're thinking about scarcity, it could be scarcity of our lives, scarcity of our body, scarcity of the things that we are going to run out of time to have and do, and then to abundance thinking. And I mean, yes, of course, you all want stuff and here we go. But let's take that to another level in truly abundant thinking and living. So um, we are we are doing this workshop. It's live. It is a paid workshop. It's on an extreme 70% off. So please go to this link. It's gpwalsh.com. S for scarcity. Two A for abundance. So mm -hmm. <laughs> so pop on over there and sign up. And even if you can't make it live with us, that's at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, the replays and all the materials before and after are incredible, well worth it. And also a great gift if you want to buy it for somebody. <laughs> well, that's right. It's gift giving time. It is gift giving time. So I do urge. So we've got... Um, Anybody just connect with us because um, between the meditations I'd like to share with you, the um, VIP ticket to come complimentary to one of the Tapas Monks session. It's like two hours on Wednesdays. Phenomenal. Like, wow. And um, and then also, too, for the scarcity to abundance thinking workshop. So uh, with that, GP, I did have a question. I got to think back to where it was. Hold on, because I want to close off with this. Ah, hold on, hold on here. Up, 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 up. No, I'm not going to find it, but it was really good. It's okay. <laughs> Just because we're so I, me, mine and letting go and all that. I think it was about renting. Is that how if we, some people can find, uh, I'm not good enough. I can't own something. So therefore I have to rent it. I just wanted to close off with that. Is there a way we can, I guess, it's, is it through the self-inquiry and through the assumption dissolution, dissolving that we lose we drop that ownership of lack shame not good enough not enoughness that we can say yeah i'm renting this it's cool all good yeah well i mean the, it, the 
you don't rent your life. That's yours. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not a rental job. That you know that's permanent. Uh, that that is the the only possession you actually have. Um, and it, it again, it, it is yes. You're dropping you're dropping the my problem, my belief, my lack. I mean, it's all uh, we all we get attached to ideas, even ideas we don't like, right? Because we believe we believe them to be true, and so well, this is what I'm like. Oh, I've got to get over this. I've got a really bad mindset, right? Um, and then you try to do everything you can to try to get over that that m mindset, and you don't you don't have to. You have to you have to dig further down to the point to the place where you find that it's all there already. You don't have to get it. <laughs> You came batteries included. <laughs> and, and so it, it becomes, it is not, it's not a possession, but it's not the absence of possessions either. It, it, it is just, it is all included in you. It is all a part of you. And, and thus things can come and go. I, I mean, you lose millions of cells every second. Nobody goes, where they go? Oh my God, I'm falling apart. No, nobody does that, right? <laughs> <laughs> For me, it would be, oh my gosh, look at all the hair on the floor. I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm losing my hair. I'm losing my hair, right? I'm losing my colored hair, oh. right? <laughs> oh, wow. That is helpful. I so appreciate this. I, a friendly reminder, just everybody go back and rewind, go through the, the guided meditation, the exploration, the self-inquiry again. Um, and if you are looking for something more, something different, something just like, yeah, just reach out, leave us our comments here. And um, a big thank you to EWN. A meditation a day is so helpful just to bring you, invite you into that practice that you, that we all need. We need the practice. It's not just something that we learn one and done, you know, it's, it's something that we do need. And as we do it together, we can just, we feel that community in the group. So thank you so much, GP. GP Walsh here, everybody. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again the first Monday of January. So we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully you'll sign up and we'll see you at the workshops. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.